This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. All right, so here we are post-game on the Chicago Fire. 3 nothing win over Cincinnati tonight. And surprisingly not the most dominant performance in Chicago on the Chicago sports landscape tonight. That, of course, will go to Lucas Giolito and his no-hitter with the White Sox. But we're going to do a mini-Van Dad Chicago Fire post-game show. So I, this is TJ, and I am here with my partner in crime, Pat, senior editor of Time in Old Town. It's late night, Pat, a 3 nothing win. You said You said before we hit the record button, it's a much easier. It's much easier to write after a win. Yeah, it's it's way easier. I have to do the the post game for Hot Time in Old Town, the post game wrap up before we do these, and it's a lot easier to write when they win. It's also in way easier to talk to the guys um, after a win. You know, they're, they're always happy to talk to you after a win. I will say, to their credit, guys like Wiki and Calvo are they're always able to talk to you after a loss too. They, they do suck it up and do it, but um, yeah, it's a lot easier after a win. And that was a fun win. And it was, um, I'd been joking with uh, the guys from wrong side of the pond at um, Cincinnati's lineup was going to be nine behind the ball, nine, nine defenders and one forward. And then you and I were joking going, and that one forward's going to beat them. It just with the way the fire season had gone, <laughs> since the Seattle win in down in Florida, it just seemed like that was the way this game was lighting up. But the return to soldier field, the fire put that notion to bed in the first couple of minutes. And by the way, we were joking. That's almost what it was. There was a flat five across the back. The three midfielders were right in front. And basically one of the forwards was playing a little deeper than the other one. It was a really low block and it did not work well at all. For Cincinnati because Wiki decided to tell his players to go over the low block and that seemed to work right and, away. And so two minutes in the second minute. Yeah. Fabian Fabian Herbers, who's Chicago Fire fans have been out for his head for a while. He returns to the lineup over Georgie Mahalovich and instant pay dirt. Yep. Uh he and he said after the game, I just talked to him a few minutes ago, he said um he thought he was offside. He's like, I thought I was a yard or two off. But thanks to the lengthy VAR review, the referee saw that he really was on. He looked on to me. So um, uh, the goal counted. And that was like just, you know, for a team that is was leading into the game fifth in MLS and chances created and had four goals all season and not a single one in the last three games. Like that was instant relief. The, the, the pressure was off to some degree. The you know, it was just instant relief for them. And, and they were able to get a second one quickly through a ball that skipped back to Alvaro Madron. Um, and after that, Cincinnati couldn't play their low block so much anymore. And, uh, but they, it, it, and they the Madron goal, did to a point, but I was going to say the Madron goal was, it, it, it skips to him and he just, yeah, he destroyed it. He destroyed it in the bottom corner. There was nothing they could do Two nothing. It's one of those, the, as you're the, playing it, just, you're just like, Oh God, yes. It's like you're playing kickball at that point where you just want to, you get to have one. Um, I tried to, when I asked him about that, I tried to kind of convey the, I don't know the right word for 
a pill or a, you know one of those balls that just bounces to you that you just have a, have one and see what happens. I don't think it totally got uh, the fire's translator is really awesome, but I don't think it totally got to him in translation. But yes, he said he was very excited to take a shot on that. So um, very cool there. And for, and again, you, you said that the fifth inch chances created, but only four goals, five yeah. goals before that one. And for a team struggling, those are the ones you need. Those are the ones that against Vancouver weren't making it through or were going over the bar against Columbus. They never had them really, um, but they needed that. That was one they needed. And realistically, they so they had played seven minutes plus three minute VAR review and they've got two goals. Yep. And you said, as you said, it pull, it forces Cincinnati out of their low block. Although it really didn't. I, I can recall thinking of it in the 60th minute, Miola talking about it and looking at it. They, their forwards were still on the defensive half. It's like true. They, they were. Even... Yeah. They weren't, they, it didn't, they weren't sitting as deep, but it still wasn't. Yeah. It's, it's still, they were content to try to, they were going to play counterattack the whole game, I guess. In, in at some point, you know, you can't do that anymore, but that's, that's what they were going to do. So, and it, and it was, like I said, it made it terribly boring and the fire were never challenged in the back and it, they no, were one it, shot on goal. Right. It, you know it, what happened? <laughs> Probably the, the biggest thing that happened for the fire defensively was uh, Bobby Shuttleworth went down with what appeared to be an injury. Correct. Um, Wiki said he got kicked in the balls. And I and I and I that saw is the, not the like, exact quote. Wiki, Wiki's exact quote was he was kicked somewhere where you don't generally like to be kicked. And, and he's cleaner than I am. Right. And based on what I saw, the way, way I saw him treating the injury and where he was, what he was saying to the ref, that's what it looked like. I watched the yep. replay. I couldn't. I didn't see it. I looked at the replay. I didn't see it. But maybe I, I, I trust he did. There's some contact with the nether regions and. For a Dutch team going to the nether regions, I guess, you know, call for what what it is. <laughs> and third goal, Aliceta finally on the score sheet, knock it around, simple finish. Yeah. Left again, foot finish, a little ticky tack. Nice goal. Very nice again, goal. Again, necessary. I think the success of this team, Aliceta needs to be a part of it. I get it. The first yeah. he wasn't ready at first. He seems like he's getting ready, and when he's out there, he does make a difference. I liked him very much against Columbus in a loss, which is weird to say, mm-hmm. but I don't think he misplaced a single pass in that match, and I thought he did a very good job. Wiki said the same thing at the news conference this week, and he said that you know he he had a hard time adjusting. Like I was sure. at his first practice with the fire, which was like a. a three or four days before the shutdown. Okay. And uh, I remember like when he came in, he was kind of sitting in the corner, his agent was there. And so he gets, he's, he's there, he's young. He doesn't speak, you know, the, the main language. Oh, there's tons of Spanish speakers on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and he immediately has to leave. Like there was no warm up time for him. He had to go home um, and, uh, and, and sit in this new city. And, and Wiki said he kind of was, that was difficult for him. And when, when he got back, I guess when the, when they started uh, training again, he wasn't very good. And now he's, he's warming up and he's becoming the player that they thought he was going to be when they signed him. And, and it was, I think it was awesome for him to get a goal. 
it was great for you know him to have another good game. Also great for Boris Sekulic to be involved in that goal. He got the assist on it. Did um, yep. yeah. Uh, it was it, that was good. They didn't need that goal as far as the game went, but I do think they needed that goal as far as their confidence and and you know this team going forward probably needed that goal. So that was good to see. It, it and it was. Um... And you can't criticize the defense because Cincinnati really didn't put up much in the way of offense. Um, it's interesting. Ruben and, and on Hot Time in Old Town, Ruben Tish, who who live tweets and does quick post game for the for the for the fire, he picked um he picked Madrona's man in the match. The the play by play guys they picked Gaston Jimenez. Gaston, yeah. Uh, you could have gone. I think you could have gone with Madron. You could have gone with Gaston. You could go with Aliceda even too. Uh, for me, it was Madron, um, but you could go with any of those guys. You can go with Herbert sure. for scoring the first goal if you want. So I get, yeah, it's it was a very very good performance. There were no defensive errors. There were, you know, there was obviously the only only the one save. Um, it was it was about as ideal of a start as you could get to you know a, a first game at Soldier Field, except for the fact that. No one was there. So, and I wasn't even there um, because I had to coach tonight. So I watched on TV like everybody else did after I was done. Um, but I will be there hopefully for the next two matches at Soldier Field. So I'll get to feel what it's like to be in an empty stadium. For sure. And and I guess I when I thought about it as I, the game the as much of the game as I watched, I I didn't disagree with Jimenez. Obviously, he had the he had an assist. He had a few shots on oh. goal. That first ball was beautiful. Like that, it was a thing of beauty. I mean, it was right where it needed to be, and, and he did that. If you guys remember, it, you guys, who am I talking to here? If if you remember, his first game was against New England in March. He came on for like the last thirty, and he mm-hmm. sent a similar ball to Mahalovic, who sent the cross into Bornstein that that tied that game. So he's he's got some ability to play nice passes from a deep lying position. I, I like this guy so far from what I've seen. Yeah. And, and like I said, it, and they said with um, him, you know, him and Madron are essentially, I want to say they were, you've said it against Columbus. They're almost playing dual sixes. Yeah. Tonight they were playing dual eights. I mean, they were definitely kind of, yeah, they were, <laughs> because of, because of what Cincinnati was giving them. Yes, definitely. And I think the more time they get together, I like I I really like that combination and the fact that he he is effective going forward so he's not stuck at the six he can go forward when needed and Madron has shown he can st- he can defend in small in small doses so yeah I mean, um, you could play Madron at the six the eight or the ten too so like it's they they happen to have it set up this way now but but yeah it's um I like there's there's some quality there and it's definitely sure. the bugs aren't worked out and it's one of those things where we always forget the opponent sometimes. Columbus is a very, very, very good opponent, and they're going to make you look bad because that's what they do. Cincinnati's a pretty crappy opponent. You're going to look good against them because that's what they do. Um, but this is the same. This is the same team that beat Seattle, who just yeah. who just who just destroyed Portland on the weekend, and Portland won the MLS's drunk tournament. So. Which shows you MLS is just weird sometimes. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, that. But this team has, I guess I'm back on the optimistic side Hold of on. it. Cincinnati didn't play Portland over the weekend. No, Seattle. 
Seattle beat Portland three nothing this weekend. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yes, I see what you're saying. Okay. And the Fire beat Seattle. I, I, I'm not saying yes, that because of this, because of that, so on and so forth. But the team that looked awful against San Jose, the team that couldn't finish against Vancouver and had a, Calvo had a Calvo moment. Um, Columbus was better. I, I can't even start that. I'm back on the bullish on the on the bullish side with this team. And I, it's you're, like very you said, possible they're kind of a middle of the road team, which is actually okay for right now, because that's something to build on. So I, I think that's what we'll see. It's as long as we, you know, I would like to get into the playoffs and see some good things this year. And I'd be happy. That'd be good for year one of Wiki and Heights for me. So I agree. And what is it's 10 teams get in. It's in the a East lot now. Yes. It's I think 10 so. in the East and eight in the West. I think that's correct. Yes. And based on that, they're in right now. <laughs> yep. With yep. their one point per game, seven game, seven points in seven games. Um, they're in right now. They're tied with FC Cincinnati, but FC Cincinnati's goal differential is worse. Um, they get New York on, they got NYCFC on the weekend, who is struggling a little bit. So it, yeah, read, they're not good, but they, I feel like they're better than their record. Um, but yeah, it's going to be at uh, Red, Red Bull Arena. Arena. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what they can do there. Um, that's the farthest they have to travel in these first six um, games because the other road game is against Cincinnati. So um, you get you get a, a positive result in New York, New Jersey, as it were, and uh, suddenly you've got another game against Cincinnati where you might be able to get another win. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got another game against the crew that doesn't look Ye- promising right now. No, <laughs> I wish, I wish you got the revs, you got the revs again, who you tied earlier this year in their place. So, um, will Bruce Arena be back by then? I don't know. He I got, don't know. His, his suspension got, you know, they keep tacking it. I feel it. I want to know what he said to get an extra two games of suspension. I mean, I don't know. I get it. It's Bruce, but I'm curious. I want to know what he said and who he insulted and what he said about Garber's mother. I assume it's got to be something along those lines to get an extra two games. But but I could also see Bruce Arena going into a hearing and have games added because of what he says there, too. So. (laughs) Did you did you catch after the game, though? Um, Sandlo posted that they were already cleaning the lines off of the field at Soldier Field. Were they really? They were. And I'm curious as I, for the life of me, I can't understand why, why unless, unless they were looking to do it for, they don't want markings permanent or they just don't want the markings as they try to get, get this field ready for obviously for bear season. Let's call it for what it I is. The bears are the primary the, tenants. I don't think the bears are there before the fire are there again though, but they don't want the markings to, to linger. They don't want it like, they want to get full sun. I don't know. That's the only thing. I can Maybe. Think of. Like, Maybe. But Sandlo, Sandlo had pictures of it, and I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, wow, they really aren't wanted there. But It also looked like, and Brian and Jeremy were there. I was not. But it looked like from both of their Twitter accounts that the glass they were looking through was very dirty. Maybe it was yeah. just sunspots on it or something. But Could be. It's also the park district. So you, it's really hard to say. I mean, it could just be the corruption wearing off on it. Could I mean, be. I'm supposed possible. to go... 
a week from Sunday, so we'll find out then. You'll ha- you'll have to update you'll have to update post game while you're in the car or something like that when we record when you come back from that game. So yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I guess I write it there before I leave. I pretty much have to. So yeah, you're going yeah yeah. So now when but when you're there, it's still going to be the same as at home. It's going to be a Zoom meeting, correct? Yeah. You don't get to go down and talk to them or anything like that. No. You get to do it via Zoom. No. You just get to be in part taking the full ambience of the. Oh, never. Never mind. It is only purely for my own curiosity of going sure. to a game. Curiosity, I, otherwise, it, curiosity or morbidity? Maybe both. <laughs> a little otherwise, bit of both. I don't. Uh, I don't really gain anything by being there, except I, I guess you can see more of uh, what happens. Sure. Than you can see on TV. So it's it's weird. Um, I know I referenced this on Twitter this evening on my own feed that they were talking about being back at Section 8. Uh, apparently, they preserved the one of the Section 8 concrete Bricks. marks. From, yeah, I saw that. From the, and and it's kind of cool. To me, that's the throat because I came in in the second half of the first year. Um, I Soldier Field, like I said, the post-mothership Soldier Field, the only times I've been there was the, the Gold Cup in 09 and also when the fire played Manchester United there, but I really don't have the history, but pre that's, you know, seeing that was like, that's where I sat for the games, you know, and the, the world cup, I was on the other, on the North end of the stadium, but it's, it's nice to that kind of, it's kind of that throwback for old people like me. It's, it's kind of cool to see them back there. I get it. It's not the same. It would have been nice to see the 40,000 that were scheduled to go in for Atlanta this isn't going to happen, obviously, anytime soon, but it is. You said the players all seem to be like the field. They like the way that it was playing. Is that what you? Yeah. Um, the, so they trained there yesterday for the first time, and the fire <laughs> released some photos that were actually kind of cool of the guys' faces when they first, like, looked up. And I, I don't – it's funny to me because I don't think of Soldier Field, especially modern spaceship Soldier Field, as being anything special. It's a very nice stadium to watch a game in. It's comfortable, mm-hmm. I think. But this is true. Uh, but like, it, I, it's not like me walking into, you know, Fenway I, Park, in, Wrigley yeah, Field. Or, yeah, or you know, Olympia Stadion in Berlin or something like that. Sure. When I went there, I'm like, oh my god, this is, and I, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a place to me that. I go for national team games sometimes and bears games sometimes. And it's, it, I love being on the lakefront. I love the tailgating there and just being in the parking lots there and the whole thing. But, um, but yeah, for that, your bank, I'm sure your bank account doesn't though, with the hundred thousand no, dollars no. to tailgate, but you know what? And I think, I think, you know, but I will, I will point out, I believe one Lionel Messi had a nice game there. So maybe there's a future for him there. That's true. I think we can probably make that link. Yeah, he's probably coming here. He's got. He's got to. Yeah. He's got to be coming here because I mean, his his performance that the performance he had there was amazing. Hey, he, he did. I, I Tyler Terrans and I swapped uh, cell phone videos of messy goals. He was apparently at that game too, where he scored three goals in twenty seven minutes. So, um, it was fun. It was fun. I was there with the uh, Chris. Where is he tonight? Do we think he's maybe um, hunting down a conspiracy or th- something? I think he's trying to set up Messi to either either to the fire or Arsenal, maybe to Madison. It's really hard to tell with Chris. He's he- going to – I will say this. He is going to lose his mind 
if and when Messi goes to Man City about corruption and rules and cheating and Arsenal and I'm he- and-, and I'm and we're gonna make sure we record every minute of it. <laughs> He's not, he's not entirely wrong. No, but that's but that's for another really show. That's ever that's yeah. for another show. That's another show. So, a three nothing win, a satisfying win. It's what a, if you consider the fire a good team. I I think you're correct. They're a middle of the road team, but even a middle of the road team should smack the crap out of a bad team, and that's what they yes. did. Yes. And and um, to be fair, and to be, even to be fair for Cincinnati, Stam has figured out that's the only way they can win this year. These aren't his players, obviously. He came in after a scandal. I mean, and he's got to get his own players, but I guess he feels nine behind the ball and playing one of the worst possible visual styles for watching on TV is what he has to do, and God bless him for it. I mean, that's that's a professional manager looking at his team going, this is what I got to do. This is my best chance to win. This is what we're going to do until they can figure out something about it. Absolutely, yeah. But... um. I think it was Jeremy Lance had said tonight. He had he posted. He goes, "Well, we were due for one of these where we just get mauled, and it's like." And I and my answer to him was, "As a fire fan, we'll take it. it." You know, it's they were due to have a bad night, and it's not a very like I said, it's not a very good team. And the two goals quickly. It it took the eleven men behind the ball and count pray and counter and hope Calvo and Pinedo run into each other or something works. I. Have you seen the Have you seen the feed of the Cincinnati player taking out his own slide tackle on his own teammate? Find that. Well, I will post it on the minivan Dan okay. feed. But it kind of encapsulated the game perfectly, where a Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati guy slide tackles his own teammate. So it's absolutely awesome. Um, and while we're doing it, we're going to touch on you know because because we are a Chicago based uh, podcast, and we're really just only talking about Chicago tonight. We're gonna. The NWSL came out with an announcement today that they're going to have a little mini season, or at least a few more games anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I think the biggest, I mean, we knew that was coming, right? That the biggest it, surprise is that they're putting these games on big CBS. That's yeah. fairly cool. Like, that's that's impressive. Is it, um, in, is, and it's 18 games total? Is that what they've said? Four games per each team plays four games, so do the math on that. I don't know. Four. Well, and there's three pods, and there's three pods, so that would be twelve. But I thought they said eighteen. But I, I, I'm I'm not gonna try to do the math. Well, there's details to be worked out yet. That much I know. And yeah. the NWSL dropped this kind of out of nowhere, which means they must have gotten the green light from CBS to do it, and they kind of said, "Hey, we're just gonna do this, and we'll figure out the rest of it." As we yeah, go. and that's it was, that was kind of the in in NWSL style. The announcement had a bunch of glaring questions that were unanswered, um, which seems to be how they operate. But um, yeah, it was we don't know the schedule. We don't we we do know the pods. So the Red Stars are in with what uh, Sky Blue, Sky Sky Blue, Blue and, and Washington and the Spirit. Yeah, the the Rose Lavellis Spirit. Um, Yes, because Roosevelt is, is currently with Man City Women, and then same place. Ultimately, yeah, and Roosevelt, well, Messi and Roosevelt. Yeah, they're going to have Messi and Skyline Chili Messi in the same place. <laughs> My question is: If Lionel Messi went to FC Cincinnati, would he then become Skyline Chili Messi, or would that still be Roosevelt? I don't know. That's a fair question, Matt. That's a that's a very fair question, but yeah. Um, 
and I guess they call it the Northeast, but I'm not really sure how Chicago and Washington. You know, it's funny at different at various points in our nation's history, we've been in the Northwest, hence the name Northwestern University, Mm -hmm. the Midwest, and now we're apparently in the Northeast. I guess, but when you think of the about the geography of the NWSL, it's because yeah, yeah, yeah. I would That's have probably just it. called them. I I would have just called them Group One, Group Two, and Group Three. But hey, whatever, what, whatever works for them. Um, I'm glad to see them get get a few more games in. I don't. Does it really stop the bleeding though? In the sense of the the exodus that we we've talked about on the minivan pod before uh, that. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. As I am told that um, the teams, the players will need to let the teams know tomorrow if they're going to actually be taking part. So we'll see if any Red Stars choose not to take part in these glorified friendlies. Um, and that's what I they are. They, they don't. I, yeah. That's what. That's all they are. And um, I Meg, Meg Linehan had point, um from the Athletic had pointed out yesterday. She had said that don't think of these as anything. It's not a season. It's nothing more than these are really just glorified friendlies. That'll be on TV. That'll be on CBS. Yeah, yeah. Which is a very cool, I guess that's a very cool friendly to be on, on network CBS. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good that they're going to play. Mm-hmm. I know for the red stars, many of their players have gone out on loan and obviously for some other teams, star players have left to go play in Europe. So I don't think that's happened yet with the Red Stars, at least that we know of. Um, But perhaps some of their players may choose to not play in this. I don't know. Um, But there are going to be games. So, and there might be fans. I don't think there will be here in Chicago, but um, there might be fans. Considering, no, considering they're tightening the screws on that Pritzker's tightening the screws on the state. I I really don't see that happening. Um, However, the, however, they said there might be fans, and the interesting element to this is, in the agreement, whatever's been out is floated out there, no fans closer than the eighth row has been, in the NWSL agreement. Whatever's been agreed upon, that part has already been leaked that it's or stated that it's going to be no fans closer than the eighth row, which I thought was which, yeah makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's. Um, it is interesting to me, though, that, you know, the, the NWSL, which one of the biggest draws of going to an NWSL game is, is the access that you have to the players after the game. If you want a photo or an autograph with basically anybody, you can get it. And like th- those women go around and sign for every last person. And now that will not happen. And that is kind of a bummer, but it's kind of the world we live in and that's even if you're playing in a stadium where a city where fans are allowed they're just not going to be here i'm sure but um like we said but but yeah that's that is the type of thing that i do wonder if that ever comes back is that going to be some relic of the past that we get nostalgic for when we would send our children down to wrestle with other kids to get julie Ertz's autograph you know, that's a fair question. It's kind of, it kind of makes me think back to when you used to be able to meet people at the gate at the airport. I get exactly. it for you and I that we did that. Yeah. And the, you know, like Alex, who's been on our show before, he never, he wasn't even alive when that's happened, you know, when that's happened. No. 
you used to be able to, I, I'm not nostalgic for this, but you used to be able to smoke on an airplane. Yeah, no, I, I could, I, I'm definitely glad with that. Same. True. True. I mean, you used to be able to smoke in buildings. I mean, all that. It, but it, it just shows you, it just shows ago, you. Yeah. But I, I, I felt like that was an apt comparison, just like, you used to be able to go down to the gate. Will you get be able to get that kind of access again? And I'm not sure. One thing I, I wonder as yeah, I wonder as a reporter, like at the start of this season when I took this job at Hot Time, I could go to training and talk to the guys. Obviously now I can't. And if I do go to the game when I go, you know, in a week and a half or whatever, uh, I will have to still talk to the players and and uh, and coaches over Zoom. And it's is it ever going to be back to normal? Because I can tell you in some ways, in most ways, uh, being back to normal is a lot better. You, you know, being in the hallway and talking with guys and, and just getting a feel for seeing in person what's happening and who's there as opposed to getting video sent to you. It's a, you, you can really cover a team a lot better. I wonder if they won't go back to that, though. It's I would be disappointed if that's the case, but um, it's, a, it's a fair I question. It's a fair question. Yeah. I get. I guess the cool thing with the NWSL coming back, though, is, and we talked about this when they did the Challenge Cup, you know, the players who opted out, you get new stars that you get new potential stars that come up. There are names that came yep. out of the that came out of it, and you know, Christy Mewis, Rachel Daly, I, with with, and those are two names that come to mind with the Houston Dash. They're big names if you're women's soccer, but they are now on more on the national landscape. Those are names that people knew because of what they did in that tournament. And I, I think of things like that. And Bianca. Um, Bianca St. George. Bianca was great. Yeah. Bianca was outstanding. Um, uh, and even Kelly Watt to, to a degree. I get everybody knew who she was because of who that she was married to J.J. Watt. But for a national audience, they got to see her play. Yeah. You know, and so that's why I think these games are cool. Get big games on CBS, you get somebody who has a hat trick or does some phenomenal goal. It's going to be cool as hell. And these are going to be the chances for them to to do that. So I'm excited about it, I guess, in that sense. I hope most of the players decide to play because, again, and maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just be these 18 games. But, hey, we thought the Challenge Cup was going to be it. Now we've got this. Maybe there'll be another shot of games, you know, later in 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 a couple of months with a, you know, I guess a what do they like they say like a recommended bubble, you know, like recommended staying at home. I guess that'd be kind of like a semi permeable membrane kind of thing for science nerds. <laughs> We're gonna finish with the science nerd comment on that one. So anyway. This is a minivan dad soccer pod. I'm, you know, I'm TJ. I can be found at TJ's Rambo. We got senior editor. We've got Pat McCraney can be at hot time, hot time, old town or at Patrick McCraney. Um, we'll do, we're going to try We're going to try and make this a habit of doing post game shows after Pat finishes getting his re- reporting up and just chat about the game a little bit. So, and we'll keep with our usual nonsense weekly shows that we do. And you never know what's going to come out of that. So Pat, we're ending on a pod. We had a good night tonight for the fire. And any any good note? Anything to finish with? Messy to Chicago. Messy to Chicago. I like that idea. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. So, but we can always we can always hope. Hey, had you told me the fire were going to win a game three nothing, and the same night the White Sox were going to have a no hitter from Giolito, I would have 
say the odds are about the same as Messi coming to Chicago. So you never know. And on that note, thanks for listening, everybody. You're done. Thank you.